Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief and death. But with comedians, so it's not that depressing, I promise. Each time I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club, this is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Welcome to Griefcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey Griefsters, I hope you're having an okay week. I'm alright. My um, daughter's decided to stop sleeping. I haven't really slept properly for 14 days straight and let me tell you, that will make you a little bit snappy. So, apart from that, I'm fine. Um, just so you know, I told you last week, I'll tell you again. We have a Griefcast Live coming up as part of the Underbelly Festival on June the 6th. A really exciting lineup. We have Jeff Lloyd from the Adrift podcast and Reason to be Cheerful. Camille Yukan from the Birthday Girls podcast will be joining us and the amazing stand-up Josie Long. Do head to the Underbelly Festival for tickets or check the at the Griefcast Twitter as well where I'll be tweeting about tickets uh, we would love you to join us for more cheery chats about death this week's guest is actor writer and fashion journalist Rosa Hoskins Rosa is an incredible person she's written for a variety of publications like uh, Grazia and Star Magazine uh, she's a mental health advocate and uh, she's also written a book the book is called It's All Going Wonderfully Well Growing Up with Bob Hoskins And Rosa came in to talk to me about her dad, the actor Bob Hoskins, who died five years ago. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm here today with actor, writer and blogger Rosa Hoskins. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Um, You do, I follow you on Instagram, as I do a lot of people. (laughs) Sorry, that sounded like, not that you're special, but you are special. (laughs) And um, you do something on Instagram I want to talk about, where one of your hashtags is mental health maven. Mm. And I love it so much, but I wanted to ask you, like, where did that, what's that about? So, I... <laughs> That's a big question to jump a, into. Yeah. No, it's good. It's a good question to jump into. So, I started my blog a few years ago, and I was primarily focused on fashion. Because I, going back, like, slightly further, I was uh, a job in actor, and one day I was like, I have to find a day job yeah. that doesn't break my soul yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. I, there has to be something that I can do yeah that 
I'm going to be good at and that I can enjoy. Yeah. So I decided to try personal styling. Yeah. And that led me weirdly into writing. Yeah. So I was working for a personal styling company. Oh, I see. Uh, and we needed content um, for the website. And then I left that company and I worked for a magazine. And then I left to start writing on my own, primarily because my dad was really sick. Yeah. And kind of writing about fashion during that time was actually quite nice because it was yeah. a bit of a break. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I found... Just after my dad, well, the day after my dad died, I put out this blog post called 11 Lessons from My Dad, mm. which kind of in turn got me the book deal to write about dad. And after writing the book, I found that, I mean, I still write about fashion and I still love it to a certain extent, but it kind of wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to, what I noticed about the book and the feedback that I had and when people got in touch was that they found a lot of solace and a lot of comfort in hearing about my experience. Mm. Very much like what yeah, you're doing here yeah. with this um, podcast. You know, yeah. it's, it's people uh, are comforted and reassured when they realise that they're not alone. Yeah. So... When it came, when I came back to writing the blog after writing the book, just kind of focusing on fashion sort of felt a bit hollow. Yeah, yeah. And particularly after I had my son as well, I was like, no, I've got, I've got something more meaningful yeah. to offer. Yeah, it's hard to sometimes go back to like frilly. Which I don't mean frilly as an insult. I just mean like when your head has been somewhere else, it's really hard mm. to write light and fluffy because mm, you're like, mm. oh, I've just sort of talked about the pointlessness and existence of life and death and why we're all here I can't go you know what goes well with fledging yeah exactly exactly <laughs> exactly no well, and also I wrote you know after dad died I had pretty bad post-traumatic stress yeah. and I wrote a lot about that and I just thought no I've I've got more to say I've got more to offer than than yeah. just fa I say just fashion that's kind of belittling it but I, I can add to that yeah yeah and I have bipolar, bipolar 2 with rapid cycling. It's really fun. And I decided that I was going to talk about that openly. Yeah. I was really nervous about doing it. But when I did, I found that people responded really beautifully and mm. got in touch and said, oh, God, yes, I've got that. And what medication are you on? And yeah, yeah. You, you know, how, how do I go about finding a decent doctor? And, and it kind of snowballed from there. And so I guess the hashtag mental health maven is sort of an amalgamation of the stuff that I write about mental health, mm. but also the stuff about fashion, because people often refer to women who work in fashion as like a fashion maven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I love it. It's got such a nice ring about it. And it feels very like such a bandied about word now, but it feels very empowering mm. and nice. And it doesn't, because so much stuff when you see like hashtag mental health, you're like, yeah, oh, it's no. like, oh God. So depressing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, or just like a, a meme of statistics and you're like, oh, oh God. It's really boring. It's yeah. so sad. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. But it's sort of, again, it's sort of similar to what you're doing with this. It's like when you become very open about a particular topic, yeah. you then sort of feel like, in my case, probably wrongly, but I kind of feel like I'm the go-to person. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You know, and I, and I do feel that by sort of sharing 
those experiences and just being open about it yeah it's actually it's not only useful for other people but actually it's really useful for me yeah it's yeah. really really useful because it takes so much pressure off just to say like yeah i've got bipolar yeah it's you know it's fine it's fine yeah. and also i think you it does allow you to have humor with it because the more you own it mm. the more it, it becomes less scary and less like oh my god it's a thing that happened i don't want to oh someone might ask me about it you know that tension where you're just like oh i'm very like now i feel very comfortable obviously talking about what happened to me yeah and so you sort of move through to this other stage which i think you ne- when you're scared of it you never think there's anything past that you think oh i just it's just this awful thing and i don't want to talk about it mm. and then the, you talk about it so much it's like this whole new world you're like oh i'm sort of immune numb about talking about it and, and also you're kind of you're like you say you own it yeah you're in control of it not the other way around mm. um and i think Definitely with mental health and I, I, with grief as well, you you often don't feel like you're in control. No, not at all. And My you God, often don't yeah. feel that you're you're very you're kind of a victim to it. Yeah, yeah. But if you can just own it and be okay with it, it changes it so massively. Yeah. And you know, secrets are <laughs> secrets are usually pretty toxic. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when I used to feel very ashamed of it, my husband my husband would say look I've got asthma yeah yeah okay and I have to take medication for it every day but I don't go around going oh god I'm asthmatic and everyone's going to know that I'm taking these drugs and uh." it's like no like I is there's nothing wrong with it and there's nothing to be ashamed of yeah it's just what it is yeah and it's just the the age that we live in I mean thank god we do live in the age that we do live in because for all its faults and madnesses we Mm. are at a time where you can say I'm bipolar and it's not like yeah and it's not a thing the police are going to come in and arrest you immediately it's like yeah all right okay yeah it's not it's just not a thing and I and I mean I find I mean that there is the reason why I still talk about it and the reason why I still mention it all the time is because there's still ignorance around yeah, it and there's still yeah, people yeah. don't understand. And, I mean, one of the things that I think is most misunderstood is medication. Yeah. So people will kind of, like good friends of mine, who who don't mean, you know, they don't mean anything by it, but they're like, oh, you, you're still on those meds. <laughs> I'm like, yep, they keep me alive. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Mm. Yeah, I'll be taking them. Yeah, I will <laughs> be taking them, <laughs> you know. Like, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, In yeah. perpetuity. Um, so, I mean, you've mentioned him already, mm. but who are we remembering today? Today we're, we're remembering my dad, who was the actor Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Incredible man who... Mm. And I, this is a very unusual situation, I guess, because you must be in a position where normally, when someone says it, like, only the people who knew that person remember, but you're in a position where a lot of people know, yes, know in inverted commas, your dad, yes, 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 or feel they know him because obviously, like, grew up watching him, feel a warmth to him instantly of like, oh, I, he was so great. Mm. So, yeah, that must be a strange is that hard to have that instant reaction of like, yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes. I mean, I think it, it was hard. I don't know. In some ways, it's hard. In some ways, it's really comforting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because I think, for especially for people of our sort of generation, they remember Dad from their childhood. Yeah. From like films like Hook and Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, those sort of films really um, stick with. Yeah, I I mean, I watched Roger Rabbit. a thousand times yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know when you got the VHS player yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. you just watched it again and again and yeah, again yeah. it still blows my mind I remember the first time I was like 
there's cartoons and real people. Like Say that what? was just like <laughs> this film is already winning anyway, yeah. and then it's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, what an absolute classic! Yeah, because um, Amy Hoggart came on to talk about her dad, and she mm. was saying a similar thing of like it's it's just a different position, and I guess a slightly rarer position to be in. Mm. Um, but it. Yeah, yeah, I get like all things. It has its ups and its downs, doesn't mm. it? So, um, how old were you when your dad died? So I was thirty. Thirty. Okay. When dad died. So how many years are you? It'll be five years this April. Out wanting to age you. I'm very sorry. As an actor, I know that. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm it's thirty-five. Like, I'm all right with that. <laughs> so it's five years ago. So yeah, it's still pretty recent. Yeah, we think in the grief class world, yeah. I know the rest of the world is like it was five years ago. But yeah, yeah this is. And what happened? Like. What happened? How did he die? So, he was diagnosed with, initially he was diagnosed with an illness called Lewy body. Right, okay. Um, which kind of comes under the Parkinson's uh, umbrella. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't realise before dad was diagnosed, like Parkinson's is only one strain yeah. of many, many, many illnesses that kind of is a bit like having cancer. Yeah, they don't quite know. What, yeah, 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 yeah. There are like lots and lots and lots of different permutations to it. So he... Um, God, I'm starting to sort of tear up already. Oh, that's all right. That's all right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he was initially diagnosed with Lewy body in 2011. And I think he had been starting to show symptoms... In like 2006, 2007. Right, yeah. I think he was starting to forget things mm. and get lost. Wow. Like he would he would go to the theatre and he'd go to the loo and he'd get lost. Yeah. Um, we'd get lost in like a car park or something. Yeah. He'd sort of. And it was just little things like that. Enough that to were, be brushed away as well, isn't it? Like, oh, I just oh, I couldn't remember where we came in from. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And he, and he would sort of, I felt terribly guilty about it afterwards, but I'd tell him something and then... Like, the next day, he'd be like, oh, what are you going to do about that? And I'm like, Dad, we had this conversation yesterday. Like, yeah. really? You're not listening? And he, he absolutely was. He was doing his best. Yeah. He was really listening. But he, he everything was kind of starting to go. Mm. Um, and I, I got married in 2010. And Dad was like one of... The, he was the most confident person I've ever met. <laughs> he just didn't give a shit. Yeah, like, yeah. He was so... He had complete faith in his ability mm. um and it wasn't arrogance it was just like i can do this <laughs> i can do this amazing yeah it's so amazing as an yeah. actor as well yeah 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 yeah. no he was like i can do this and it, and i think i think as an actor it kind of made him very much like in the moment yeah yeah because he didn't have that voice going oh you're fucking this up yeah you know yeah. he had this very grounded sort of confidence but on my wedding day he was really nervous. Mm. He was really nervous, like really anxious. And so much so his little hands were shaking. Oh. And and I was like, Dad, what's wrong? And he was like, oh, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let you down. I was like, how, how are you going to let me down? Yeah, you're just here. So what are you possibly going to do that's going to yeah. let me down? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? What have you got planned? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, you know, or you, you need to, you know, walk me down the aisle, give a speech, and that's... That's your lot. That's all yeah. you have to do. And and he couldn't. And he was really he was really stressed about it. I think when we, got, you know, after the ceremony, he sort of relaxed. But I remember thinking, that's weird. Yeah, that yeah. That's odd. So yeah, so he was diagnosed in twenty eleven, 
actually, during the time that he was diagnosed, he was making the last film that he was ever in, which was Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, wow. And I learnt later on that Ray Winstone, bless his heart, had looked after Dad. He'd sort of recognised that Something he wasn't, wasn't well. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, because he'd, he'd, they'd known each other for a long time. And yeah. He was like, oh, something's wrong with Bob. And he and he looked after him and made sure that he was okay and yeah. then ke- and kept it very quiet. Yeah, because that's not as an actor, that's not what you. No, <laughs> so, no, no. Sad no. but true. Like yeah. yeah, because especially actors who get to a certain age, it's like mm. to be able to be keep keep being employed. Yes. there needs to be that rumor that they're fine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I mean, he was because he was diagnosed during the filming. Wow. I think he kind of knew. This yeah. is the last one. Yeah. Um, and that was really hard for him. Mm, it was God, so painful Yeah, because he yeah. must have worked and worked and worked, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was never out of work a day in his life. Wow. You know, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he... So, yeah, so he was diagnosed then. And the diagnosis was that he would have, like, four or five years. Wow. Like, tops. Yeah. He actually only had uh, three. Wow. Um, and then... In the summer 2012, he was re-diagnosed with straight Parkinson's, which I was initially like really excited about. Yeah. Because I thought, oh my God, you know, I might have him for another 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then he was re-diagnosed again (coughs) with PSP. Now, for some reason... Oh, yeah. We've had other guests with PSP. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Some, Some reason I can't... Progressive... Supernuclear palsy. I think I always have to really think (laughs) really hard about it. It's like my brain doesn't want to remember that because that's what killed him. Yeah, it's like my brain just won't hold on to it. Mm. Um. So yeah, so we had a we had a few years. God, it it was that really weird kind of horrible thing of grieving for someone who's still here. Yeah. Well, they do say the moment you find out somebody has a terminal illness, the grieving process starts. Yes. Which I think is quite hard to get your head around if you haven't been through it, just because it's like, oh, what does that mean? But it's like something in you starts knowing they're dying, they're going to die. Some part of your brain kind of switches and is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Even though obviously when they do die, it's it's a whole other world. Yeah. And I've spoken to people who go, no, no, I've I've really prepared myself. I think I'm going to be fine. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's quite different when they go when they yeah. actually go but there's definitely the process begins so were you caring for him or were you just sort of around a lot or I, I was around a lot yeah yeah, I was around a lot that's why I quit my job at the magazine right I, I paired everything right back so I could be around yeah and we, at that time we lived across the street from my mum and dad oh wow yeah which was great yeah it was amazing. really good I was really grateful for that because it just meant that I could just, I could just be there. Yeah, you just know. pop over and it not be like okay, I have to get an hour train and get there. Like yeah. I could just be there for five minutes then go. Exactly, but I've been there. exactly. And dad, what dad used to love doing was coming over to mine <laughs> and hanging out. Aww. He would just hang, he'd sit on the sofa, and I would try and write while he watched Murder She Wrote. <laughs> it was really weird when he got ill. He watched like I think that. Those sort of like Murder, She Wrote and Columbo yeah. and Morse and all that. I think he found them like weirdly comforting. And I knew that he was poorly yeah. because he would not have tolerated like <laughs> that, such poor acting. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He'd have been like, it's fucking shit and turned it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just kind of sort of washed over him. I think that's why they're on in the day, aren't they? Like yeah. for people who are sick or yeah. like retired, it's something 
very comforting about that sort of television. It yeah. just kind of, yeah, like you said, washes over Exactly. You. I think it just kind of, it was just sort of, I don't know, it was kind of like a warm bath or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, he'd sit and I'd make him endless cups of tea and I'd, I'd sort of try and write um, at the table, trying not to get distracted by the <laughs> tinkling Murder, She Wrote theme tune and stuff. But I started, I started writing a book about him mm. not long after he was diagnosed because I really wanted to kind of capture... Like, he'd had this incredible life. Yeah, yeah. And he'd done so much. And to me, the, the thought of losing those memories yeah. was really stressful and really painful because I was like, no, they... They have. They can't. They can't go. Especially when someone, and I can imagine. I'm imagining, but that he was probably a very good storyteller. Yes, off camera, very much so. When someone's a real storyteller, you mm. start realizing, the, you know, the power of the storyteller. Yeah. Of like the story in their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is magic. Yeah, yeah. And my yeah. grandpa was like that, and then I, I always try and retell some of his stuff, and I think. Why is this not working? <laughs> this isn't landing. Yes, yeah, it's landing the way. But he was such a good, and especially stories of his childhood. So mm. I'm sure, like your dad must have had just. Oh yeah, he yeah. had loads. Well, like when he was when he left school, because he left school at like 14. Yeah. And he went and worked at the Covent Garden fruit and veg market. Wow. While it was still kind of not not that far away from a, sort of My Fair Lady. Yeah, yeah. Sort of situation and. Yeah, just hearing though, just hearing him talk about that, or hearing him talk about. He sort of he trained to be an accountant <laughs> for three years. Wow! Yeah, he trained to be an accountant for three years before getting really bored and frustrated and throwing it all up in the air and going to Israel to live in a kibbutz. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He had so many like interesting, interesting stories. So were you able to? Were you writing and asking him stuff? Yeah, and trying to like get it all down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I was. I tried to, but what happened was. Because those those years before he died, when he was sick, was so difficult. Mm. I just found like I couldn't. Yeah, I, I, it was just th- like remembering his past and like going back and watching the films and stuff yeah. while he was dying and while remembering his life that he'd had, not just as an actor, but like all the things that he'd done and all the all like his way of being and yeah, yeah. and watching him crumble little bit by little bit by little bit and it was actually relatively rapid for one of those sort of illnesses it was quite quick I guess it's just that's the thing is we say all the time you know oh speak to people and ask them stuff but I do understand that sometimes it's it's too fucking painful. It was. To be like, do you remember when you were great and brilliant and yeah. everything was brilliant? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's well, painful. It, it, was what, it was like watching him in like The Long Good Friday. Yeah, yeah. And then going over to talk to him about it. And I was like, do you remember The Long Good Friday? And he was like, oh, no. And it was like, <sighs> it was so, yeah. and I was, and I just thought my time with him is limited. Yeah. So I can't be I can't be I can't keep upsetting myself yeah or being a biographer I have to be a daughter I guess exactly exactly be be family exactly and I needed that emotional energy to be supportive to my mom and show dad as much love as I could and in a I mean god those years were I don't tend to think about them Mm. that much because they were so painful but I don't have any regrets yeah because I made time for him. Yeah. Um, and I was there. 
And it's all you can do, isn't it? It's like literally all you can do. Exactly. <laughs> is make sure you're, if you can be, obviously I know sometimes it's harder, the relationship's hard, but if you have a an okay relationship and you mm. can just be there as much as possible. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, talking about like relationships, like another thing that I was grateful for was the fact that dad and I, I mean, it wasn't always easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't always perfect by a long stretch of the imagination. I mean, my dad was awesome. He was great. He was objectively yeah. awesome. He was really fun and really funny and very clever and very unique and extremely talented and massively generous and very interesting and very kind of mercurial. And he was he was a really he was a he was difficult and he was tempestuous and he wasn't always that easy to be close to mm. and he could be really unreasonable. But he was a once in a lifetime yeah. person. He yeah. just was. But Dad and I had had a, a tough time of it. But I think from my teens to my, but we had about ten years. Yeah, where it was hard, where it was difficult. Like maybe a bit longer than that, like twelve. And it wasn't ever terrible, but it was just it was quite strained. And did he find it hard that you wanted to do acting as well? No, he didn't find that hard. No, no. I think I think what he found was that. I think a lot of dads go through this. Like when I was a teenager, he was suddenly he didn't know how to relate to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because when I was little, we were best mates. Right, yeah. We were absolutely yeah. best mates. Like when I when when I was born, I looked like a little rubber Bob Hoskins doll. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, we we just got along famously, yeah. and we had this very very strong bond mm. we were always very bonded even when our relationship was difficult we still had this yeah really I, I don't entirely understand what it was or how it was but we were just bonded mm. but it was difficult and what we did to my dad's great credit was to go to therapy together wow yeah 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 because i've how been how old are you when that happened mm, 24 Four or five? That's amazing. Yeah. Was it his suggestion? No, it was mine. Oh. It was mine. But he went with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very impressed. Yeah. yeah. No, it was particularly for a man of his, like, a working class. Yeah, yeah, North his London. generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's not generally no. the done thing. <laughs> no. But I, well, I've been in therapy since I was 18. Right. Because okay. I started exhibiting, like, signs of poor mental health pretty early on yeah. in various, various ways. So I was already in therapy, and my therapist was like, look, it would do you a lot of good mm. if your dad would come here and talk through these things with you. Wow. And, so did, and did you just sort of say, do you want to come with me? And was he just like, yes? Or was there kind of a, did you have um, a difficulty I, to get him in the room? Or No, not at all. He was really willing. Wow. He was amazing. really willing and he could see that I was suffering. Yeah, he could see that yeah. I was struggling, like I had bulimia and I was self-harming and all, all, all things that I now recognise kind of fall under the umbrella of um, bipolar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't, at the time, I didn't I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. I don't think he understood what was happening yeah. either. And he could see that I was suffering and he just wanted to make it better. Of course, of course, as a parent. Yeah, yeah just whatever, do whatever. Whatever you need, like I'll yeah. do it. So we went to it for a few sessions and... <laughs> there was this one like, I think it was the first one 
he obviously felt uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> he felt really uncomfortable. And he kept going outside to check his car. <laughs> he kept like, like we'd sit down, he'd sit down and, and the, the therapist was like, okay, well, we're here today because, he's like, oh, oh, I'm just going to check the meter. <laughs> and he'd you know, go like bustling out. And I'd be sitting there like, oh, fuck's sake. And then a couple of minutes later, he'd come back in. He's like, right, okay, right. I'm ready now, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Right. It's like, so Rosa wants to, oh, I, I'm just going to, and he just kept, he kept going wow. out and in. Yeah. And um, then when he came back, the therapist was like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think you're doing? Like, you're here to talk to Rosa, like, sit down and be, and like, I'd never, because he was, he wasn't the sort of person that you would chastise. Yes. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 no. Like, <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. yeah. Like, you could take, like, he could take criticism. Yeah. He could take criticism, but he wouldn't be told off. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he did. He was like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. And he sort of sat with it. And we had a few really, really good sessions. And it just, it just really helped. It didn't yeah. make things perfect. No, but it of course just not. really, really helped. And I think by the time he was diagnosed, we had already put a bunch of stuff to bed. Yeah. We were yeah. already done with loads and loads of stuff. Mm. And I'm really grateful for that because. It just meant that I could just be there. Yeah. I, I, and there wasn't any, like, un, unspoken resentment. There mm. wasn't any kind of, you know, oh, you said this and you undermined me here or you were, you know, over-demanding there or whatever. It was, okay, you're sick. I'm here for you. That's it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really a credit to both of you. Yeah. That you had the... That's what I'm looking for, like the impetus, the want mm. to make that relationship good. Because mm. I think sometimes people, either two parties don't have the want or they don't have the words or they mm. don't have the, the uh, wherewithal to, how do we fix that? Mm, mm, I think, mm. and I think dads and daughters is like, it's so complicated. It is it's complicated. so complicated yeah. in a way that I wish it wasn't. And I definitely, you know, that's what I've talked about a lot, like because I was 15. Yeah. It's like we had a really complicated relationship sure. that I totally can see would have been really difficult for some time but like you said would have got there eventually yeah well it's like the satellite going around the moon yeah it yeah. is like you're on the dark side and you, you will come out eventually yeah but like but definitely and i've spoken to other people like people men with teenage daughters and that like their look of confusion like but she she's so mean and you're like yeah it doesn't mean she doesn't love you or think yeah. you're brilliant or yeah, absolutely yeah. want you to be around. But of course she's telling you to your face, fuck off, I hate you. That's, she's just saying. <laughs> I think it's really hard. Yeah. Well, I remember a friend of mine, an actor friend of mine, is like, oh God, my teenage daughter hates yeah. me. I'm like, no, that's great. She's knocking you off your pedestal now. Yeah. Like she's yeah. making you a human being now. Yeah. And like you're going to be set up for a much easier, better oh, relationship course, later yeah. on. Yeah. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. You have to literally like divorce your parents yeah. to become the human. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's really wow! What an amazing well for both of you. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it was. I mean, he, oh God, I can't ever say this without really tearing up. But yeah, our relationship was just by by the time that he was really ill, it was just good. Yeah. And when he died, his last words to me. Oh, fucking. <laughs> it's so hard to no, say. I know, I know. His last words to me were, you're the most beautiful girl in the world and I love you so much. <laughs> we're both going to go. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. He really, 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 really loved you. That's yeah. the, the thing I get 
when you talk about him is how much he really, really loved you. And yeah. That's just... No, it, we were lucky. We were lucky. And I do feel... And I, I've got friends who who are kind of like... They're in, in like a long-running feud with one of their parents mm. or, you know, they're not talking to their brother anymore, whatever it is. And I'm like, dude, you're going to regret that. Mm. Yeah. You really will. And I think... I think that the upside to having mental health, having a mental illness, is that you kind of have to do a lot of work on yourself. Yeah. And you kind of have to do a lot of work on yourself to be, not not to be, not to really improve yourself, just to be functional. Yeah, yeah Just to yeah. be on a level that everyone else is on. Yeah. Um, but... On the other hand, I think that it makes you not as frightened to do things like therapy and to do and to say, I think this would be really helpful if you came with me and did yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that I've been in therapy since I was 18 years old, I think that it paved the way for Dad and I to have that closeness. Yeah. And, you know, when he was... When he was in hospital and when he was dying, like he, the the moments before he died, because they say that the hearing is the last thing yeah, to yeah. go. I sang, just sang to him, oh. um, just sang all his favourite songs, and I don't know. It, it's such a sort of it's such a weird feeling because on the one hand, I kind of feel like why did it have to be him? Yeah, like really. He was great. Yeah, yeah. He was so awesome. Yeah, and he was nice. He yeah. was real nice, guys. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. He was nice and he was lovely and he was... And one of the things that was a bit weird after he died was the amount of people who got in touch with me mm. and said, like, makeup artists and directors and other actors, loads and loads of people from the business were like, oh, I work with your dad here and he was so... He was great or he was so generous or he did this or he did that. And... I actually couldn't respond to any of those no, emails. No. It was just too much. And I had dozens of them. Dozens. Yeah, they kept coming yeah. in. And it was lovely to hear those stories. And it kind of, and it confirmed who he was to me. Yeah. Because sometimes I think, oh, did I just, maybe I'm glorifying his memory or maybe I'm yeah. making out like he was more than he was. But he, he wasn't. And all those other people, what they said about him, it just kind of, attested to my memory and the weirdest thing was that I wrote this um, blog post um, that went viral mm. and I wrote it when I was sitting in hospital with him um, in intensive care and he was he was lying on the bed I think he was asleep and it was this really sunny day and I just suddenly all these things that he'd said to me over the years just came flooding back and wow. like there's one sort of rush and I sort of like got out my phone and jabbed at the screen trying to write it all down. And the day after he died, there was lots of, obviously when it was announced in the press, there yeah, was a whole big yeah. thing, which was kind of surreal. Oh God, I can't imagine, yeah. It was surreal. But then I guess as well, I mean, it was surreal, but equally, I didn't know any. Yeah, that was his life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Mind you, I'd lost my grandparents and they you know, there wasn't this massive press interest yeah, when yeah. they died. So I, I do know what it's like to yeah. to lose both. But um, yeah, it was a bit weird. And it was 
when we turned on the TV, there was like the little ticker tape going, oh, Bob Hoskins has died. Yeah, it, yeah. It was... Or was it... Because I remember Amy saying that just suddenly seeing clips of him very healthy and mm. from years before, mm. you know, hosting or, or doing some article and, and mm. she said she found one of the strange things she found of like at any point you can turn on the telly or radio and suddenly someone's decided that day to play a clip from something you're yeah. like whoa yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah whereas obviously i if i want to find a clip of my dad i have to really work right. at it. really search for it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't really like find it whereas yeah. i guess you have that thing of like you can turn the telly on and and oh, you know oh god i mean i can you know at the flick of a switch he's yeah, there yeah um but yeah so i wrote this yeah so i i got um several phone calls from the press and this one woman I mean she sounded a bit sheepish mm. I'm sure she knew that she was being evasive but she was like oh I'm I'm sorry to disturb you and I'm really sorry for your loss but would you like to say anything about your dad would you like to comment about your dad and I was like if you were sorry for my loss you wouldn't disturb me yeah I put the phone yeah down. yeah um but I wrote I, sh- I shared this this list of 11 lessons and it went viral. It was like, it was, my phone wouldn't stop beeping. It was, like I think it was seen like 100,000 times or wow, something, or yeah. 200,000 times. It was a lot. And it was really weird, but also weird, kind of comforting. Yeah, yeah, to spread that, like... yeah. To share that love that you had for him, I guess. To yeah. have that moment of like everybody being like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is what you're looking for and need at that moment and is also true, of yeah, course. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I I think that it was not... Because that, that list of points is... It's him. Yeah. You know, it's just him. Should I read it? I've got yeah, it on my yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, I've read it before, but yeah. But I just... For the people who haven't seen it. <laughs> My darling dad has died. I loved him to the ends of the earth, and he loved me back just the same. These are the lessons he taught me. I will keep them close to my heart and remind myself of them whenever I stumble or falter. They are his words. The words spoke so often to encourage, comfort and reassure. This isn't general wisdom, rather advice that he tailor-made just for me. I love you, dad. One, laugh. There's humour to be found everywhere. Even in your darkest days, there's something to have a joke about. Laugh long and laugh loud and make other people laugh. (laughs) It's good for you. Two, be yourself. If someone doesn't like you, they're either stupid, blind or they've got bad taste. (laughs) Accept who you are. You've got no one else to be. Don't try to change yourself. There's no point. Don't apologise. Don't make excuses. Be yourself. And if anyone else doesn't like it, they can fuck off. (laughs) Three, be flamboyant. It's who you are and always have been. Be eccentric and unique. Don't adapt yourself to someone else's view of normal. That belongs to them, not you. Like yourself as you are. Four, don't worry about other people's opinions. Everyone's a critic, but ultimately what they say only matters if you let it. Don't believe your own press. People can just as easily sing your praises as they can tear you down. Don't waste your time on things you can't change. Let it slide off you like water off a duck's back. Five, get angry. It's okay to lose your temper now and then. If anger stays in, 
it turns to poison and makes you bitter and sad. Get angry, say your piece, then let it go. Six, whatever you do, always give it a good go. Don't be afraid of failure and disappointment. If you fall flat on your face, then get straight back up. You'll always regret not trying. Disappointment is temporary. Regret is forever. (laughs) Seven, be generous and kind because you can't take it with you. When you've got something to give, give it without hesitation. Eight, appreciate beauty, take pictures and make memories. Capture it. You never know when it will be gone. Nine, don't take yourself too seriously. People who take themselves too seriously are boring. (laughs) (laughs) Ten, never, ever, ever, ever give up. Keep on punching no matter what you're up against. You're only defeated if you give up. So don't give up. 11. Love with all your heart. In the end, love is the only thing that matters. Yeah, that all went. That last one always kills me. (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you. It's really, really, really beautiful. That's what he was like. I I don't know. It's it's the reason I sort of always keep it on my phone because that's what he was like. The thing about being angry. Like, he was... He was someone who, he did have a temper on him Mm. and it could be quite frightening, but he would lose his shit in like a really spectacular way. Yeah. And then it was done. Yeah. It was over and it would never be, it was really quick and then it was done, it was over and it would never be spoken about ever again. Yeah. Um, And I find that's quite a rare quality. Yeah. Um... And most people are passive aggressive, which I find really hard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my dad was aggressive. What we say in my family, aggressive, aggressive. Right. And I'm aggressive, aggressive. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I find it really, I find passive aggression so confusing because I just, I don't know it's happening. What I've come to realise is that most people are passive aggressive because they've grown up in environments where it's yeah. not safe yeah, yeah. to really say how they feel yeah, so they can't like that's the only that's the only method of yeah. um expression that they have yeah but like dad was like <laughs> when i was young when he was lose when he and it wasn't often it was only like yeah. two or three times a year or something that he'd really flip his lid but when he when when I was young, it was scary. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, when I got older, it became quite funny. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. as I got taller than him. It yeah, was, yeah. Because like, you are a tall lady. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like six foot in my heels, and he, this little squat, angry man, go. It's like, all right, Dad. Come on, calm, calm yourself calm down. down. Yeah, I'll be yeah. fine. There was um, there was this one time when. <laughs> Uh, when dad was on the phone and um, he was on the landline in the kitchen right and we had this chrome this round like chrome clock on the wall oh yeah yeah directly um, above where dad was standing (laughs) (laughs) and he was talking to he was talking to his American agent in LA he was having you know talking business and the clock fell on his head (laughs) And there was this perfect, like, skull-shaped <laughs> mark like, in the, the frame of this clock. And he lost it. <laughs> he was like, I can't fucking believe it. fucking close everything in this fucking house. Always fucking... <laughs> and he just went bananas. He dropped the phone on the floor. Oh, my God. And it's kind of dangling up and down. Yeah, yeah. And meantime, Fred is like, hello. 
Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and dad's, and then again, it's like, fireworks. Yeah. Done. Done. And then he picks up the phone and like, sorry about that, Fred, the fucking clock fell in my head. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> really cross about something yeah exactly <laughs> I, just, I always say that I have to get it out like if I will explode yes. I will internally explode if I yes. don't spit this out yes but I know I do under- I've learned to appreciate that it it's it's hard for other people yeah exactly that's the thing <laughs> I feel fine yeah no I'm, exactly I feel a lot better yeah when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So the last um the last few days, so then he went into a hospital. Mm. And so we you were with him when he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was he he was in hospital for like two stints mm. from February through to April and he went in with pneumonia and then he was there for like two or three weeks. He came out again and then went back in some point in March and then he was taken to the intensive care unit and then take, it was moved up and down basically in the yeah, same hospital. Yeah. So yeah, we were with him, my uh, half brother and my half sister and my younger brother and my mum we were all with him when he died and it was it was so I don't know it was so surreal because he like technically he was still in really good health yeah yeah like he was really strong like his heart was fine his lungs were fine his blood pressure was fine his, liver, his brain mm. was killing him and and the the well it wasn't his brain that was killing him it was the the inability to move yeah um was you know and that's a common thing for people who are um with limited mobility is that they get um uh, pneumonia and yeah it was 
because he still looked like strong. Yeah, yeah. He was sort of lying in bed and he didn't look feeble at all. He looked like he was going to get up and... Yeah, that's really strange because when someone has cancer, they really, they you wither. know, they look so... Yeah, they yeah. wither, they're, they're thin and they don't look well. They meet, mm. they are Very obviously your brain is like, this person is not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it must have been so strange to still see a very strong, big body. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he was, I mean, he'd lost a lot of weight, obviously, but he was still, he's this stocky little powerhouse yeah, of a man. yeah. Um, but again, I'm just grateful. Yeah. I'm grateful yeah. that, I, you know, at the time I wasn't working. And you could be there. I could be there. Mm. And I'd, I'd turned down work and I was just like, no, I've got it. Yeah, yeah. Just be here. Oh, God. I mean, the day that he was taken into hospital, had I, yes, and I had been diagnosed with bipolar by this point, but like, this is the definition of manic, I think. Mm. Like, I, um, he was taken into hospital first day of fashion week. I went with him to hospital, got ready uh, uh, in hospital, went to meet my colleagues. I fell over and broke my arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I smacked my elbow on the uh, wet marble, which was great. And, yeah, I did this sort of big, like, Buster Keaton kind of fall <laughs> in my outfit, oh, my fashion no. week outfit. And then, so, yeah, I went to do, I covered a couple of shows and then I got on a cab and went over to Soho. I recorded a voiceover. Wow. Went back to Fashion Week, went to see a couple more shows, went to have a meeting, and then I went back to hospital to see my dad. And um, my friend who I was doing the voiceover for, he was like, you need to go to hospital. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. He was like, dude, go to hospital. <laughs> you need to go to hospital. But it's so hard when you're on that treadmill. Mm. It's so hard to just because... You- because when you get off the treadmill, what you're saying is this is happening. Well, that's the thing. I I, I, I realised after that. Yeah. That, I mean, I did the rest of Fashion Week with a broken arm, which was, um, I mean, I was sort of, I'd go from hospital oh, to see a show, wow. go and write it up, go back to hospital. Um, and I think after that, the next time that he went in, I was like, okay. Yeah, I can't keep keep acting like this isn't happening yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah. you kind of there gets to a point where you can't distract yourself anymore oh. you just have to accept that you are where you are yeah but i think it's so human to mm. distract yourself it's so human to be like oh yeah this is a bit much yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go and look at dresses and do my job yeah, yeah, yeah and then yeah, that yeah. feels like for and it's the thing like for that brief second it's not happening but mm. you know that 20 minute show you're like i'm normal my dad's not sick yeah. i'm just somebody doing their job um, yeah i'm just a Fashion journalist, yeah. and I'm just doing this. And it just feels suddenly like, oh, this is peaceful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you have to, the show finishes, time yeah. moves forward, and you're like, oh, shit, now oh, I'll go back to what is actually Nora. happening. Yeah, yeah. but I think, um, I, I'm grateful that I did make that decision. Yeah, and, definitely. And I mean, there was still, I mean, it was it was such a hard time. It was such a hard time, because mm. you're in that sort of, I don't know if you had that with your dad, but... You're in that weird twilight zone. Oh, yeah. It's like you don't... You're not in the world. No. But everyone still acts like you are in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have yeah. to get a tube, even though you're like, I shouldn't be doing I, normal things. Yeah. And you kind of look around, you're like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> How is anything functioning yeah. when my world is ending? Stop. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. It's so, yeah, twilight zone's a good word for it because it is like you feel like you're like on a different a different plane of existence to mm. everybody else. Mm. Mm. And it, and I felt very far away. I felt like, you know, I'd be talking to people, but I felt like I was like in a, 
at the end of a long corridor, six yeah, foot away. Yeah, but they yeah, were yeah. selecting like I was next to them. And I was yeah. like, no, I'm not. I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. I'm somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Why are you asking me this bullshit about you, something else? Uh, yeah, like how is this relevant to my life? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have the funeral quite soon afterwards? Or? Yeah, we did. We did. It was. Um, it was. Uh, it's such a weird thing to say, but it was a lovely funeral. Yeah, there is such a thing as lovely funerals. And yeah. believe me, I've been to bad ones. And I would say, <laughs> feel no guilt for having a lovely one. Because no, bad ones are lovely. awful. Yeah, like, oh God, yeah. <laughs> no, it was really lovely. It was really lovely. And we had different sort of people from um, different parts of Dad's career. Mm. Um, and And I sang and... What did you sing? A Wolf Cry by Gregory Porter. Oh. Um... Yeah, and I, it was weird. I was like, why do I want... I was like, I want to do this. Mm. I absolutely want to do it. And my mum was like, you're putting quite a lot of pressure on yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Like, And it was, it was... I had some sort of, like, compulsion to do it. Yeah. Um, and my singing teacher, who's this gorgeous woman called Margot, she was like, you want to do it because you want to show people that your dad raised a strong girl. Yeah. That's why yeah. you want to do it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> mm. um, but it was weird. It It was so... I think my experience of grief for my dad was strange. A, in that he's famous. Yeah. And all all the stuff that comes with that. But the fact that I also started writing a book. And, I mean, I'd already already had sort of started doing preliminary interviews with him and stuff. But, you know, I hadn't really made that much progress. Um, And I wrote it with my friend Richard and... Thank God I did, because I don't think I would have got through it. Yeah. Because it was the most foolhardy decision. Yeah, it's hard when you're in the middle of the start of real grieving for someone to then try and... I always admire people who can put it on paper. I found it, at that point, impossible. I just was like, it's so... And someone, a friend who's a writer once said to me, my God, why didn't you write it down? I was like, because to write it down meant it was happening. Mm. (laughs) So I just, you know, watched Hollyoaks for six hours straight. Absolutely. I I can't write this down. But yeah, so credit to you for doing it. Yeah, well, I mean, because of that blog post that had gone viral, there there was interest and I'd wanted to do it anyway. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, I guess now's the time. Yeah, yeah. But I think it did drive me a bit nuts. Yeah. It did drive me a bit nuts. And it was, and I mean, in some ways it was amazing and like a massive privilege because I got to go to like Judy Dench's house and Ray Winstone and like speak to Robert Zemeckis on the phone and you know and I got to hear stories that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. I was gonna say weirdly that must have been perhaps that's what you kind of needed at that moment to be around people who knew your dad re you know a part of his life which obviously was the thing with actors it's like it's not work is it it's it's who oh, it's you are yes, yeah yes, it's sort yes, of exactly. like a bit of you yes and so to be around people who knew him so intimately and could yeah. talk to you like must have felt like being close to him again it did it did it was like i could hang out with him yeah and watching yeah. the films and stuff i mean it i mean so it was some of it was weird like because um he did this tv series in the 70s called pennies from heaven oh yeah Amazing. That <laughs> um, I'd never seen. I oh, yeah, because they, they never show Pennies from Heaven or um, oh, the other one. It's the same guy, isn't it? Singing Detective. D- d- yeah. yeah. And, um, Dennis Potter. Yeah, they hardly... I, I had this conversation the other day. Like, it's weird that they never show them, but yeah, yeah, Pennies yeah, from yeah, Heaven yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And he's amazing in that. He is phenomenal. I mean, he's my age wow. now wow. in it. And I'd never watched it when he was alive. Wow. So... Yeah, it's quite intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see why you wouldn't pop it on on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I just kind of... I just was like, okay, I need to do this. And I would just 
sit and like I would oh I don't know like this is such a weird thing to say I'm really scared of spiders mm. and if I see a spider I have to hoover it up <laughs> so I stand like 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 with trepidation like going, you can hoover it up you can do you can get it you can do it you can do it and eventually I'm like okay go. yeah it's done it's yeah done. and that was what I was like with the dvd player yeah I was like okay put it in you can do it you can do it you can do it come on you can do it and then it took about 10 minutes of yeah. me it must have been I can't imagine because it must be so hard to see them younger yeah not only alive and well but just younger and and also not not them because they're acting yeah so it must have been such well, a, a strange experience a version because he was 40 when i was born so wow, yeah you know like a version of him that yeah you just, i had nothing to nothing do to do with, do with. yeah know. yeah um yeah so it was weird it was very weird but i do i think i was just lucky yeah i was lucky that we had the relationship that we did. I was lucky that he that I got to write the book. Yeah. How did you feel when you finished the book? Was there a bit of like relief? Oh, it was relief. That's yeah. it. it. Was like oh, I have to stop talking about him. No, because I knew that there'd be a bunch of press. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that like I still to, yeah yeah he yeah. can still be a part of your yeah your yeah, life yeah. yeah. But I mean, I do think that the book was yeah it was foolhardy. Yeah, it was really foolhardy, and I mean, and I had um, post traumatic stress as well. And sort of so trying to write the book about him, go and interview people, mm. watch watch the recordings. Yeah, it's like um, immersion therapy, isn't it? It's like most people be like, "Oh, my dad's died, and you know, I need to process that." But you're like, oh, "He's died. I'm gonna yeah. watch him, <laughs> write about him, talk about him." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I understand that. I understand yeah. that. Obviously, doing the show, like some people say to me, "Why? Well, isn't it painful?" It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it is, it is. but totally that doesn't is. mean i don't want to do it yeah like that's you know but what i th- i don't know i think i think that i suppose i guess because i think a lot about um the way mental health is spoken about uh and i think this a like when there's a kind of a narrative around a subject it sets up an expectation mm. and i for me i think that there's a kind of there's a um a misunderstanding around grief in that it's considered something that you get over oh yeah absolutely yeah and uh, with enough and like you say oh it's been five years now yeah. so i mean you know why are you still talking about it yeah. or why is it still upsetting you it's been 20 carried why are you still upsetting you? <laughs> yeah. yeah because I'm, it's not something i'm going to get over yeah. you know it's just not something i'm going to get over and i think that if i think that if you're kind of able to change that conversation i think it's helpful because then people aren't surprised when it's like oh it's just still going yeah yeah absolutely well the thing i've started saying which i don't know how helpful it is but it's like if somebody has a child they don't mm. say oh they're five Are you still talking about him yeah like i mean i still have to look at pictures or yeah. they're living with you yeah isn't it time like yeah. having a child and i know people are like oh our children are vulnerable and different but like you have a child it fundamentally changes who you are forever mm. you know and if your parent dies or you know any member of your family dies it fundamentally changes a part of you forever oh yeah it it, it did it, it yeah. changed like i'm never going to be the same no. i will never be but you know what's interesting i um i had a big falling out with one of my best friends um very sadly um 6 months after dad died because wow. uh, the anniversary of his death fell bang on her wedding day which was really unfortunate. Yeah, really, yeah, really unfortunate. Yeah. And and I found like the six month mark. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. One of the worst bits. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's really tough. Yeah. I think for the first six months you're in shock. Exactly. So you're not really processing a lot of stuff. Exactly. And then six months 
to a year, it's like a lot of stuff starts rising to the surface. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. ah! Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I've spoken to people three months in who are like, oh, I feel like, you know, I'm okay. And I'm like, no, you're in shock. Yeah, you're yeah, You're just yeah. completely exactly. in shock. You're not feeling... No, yeah. you're not feeling anything yet. Um, it, was, it, was, it was funny because I think it was a really good example of the misunderstanding that can happen when one of you is in the club and the other one isn't. Yeah, yeah. And she was essentially, she was expecting me to go back to being the old Rosa. yeah. And you I was like, you can't, she's gone, hon, she's, I'm sorry. She's, she's dead as well. She's gone. Yeah. You know, you can't like, and I think there was a bit of like, well, come on. Pull yourself together. Let's slightly. be back to normal. Yeah. Or like, I need, I need, I need you to be like this. It's mm. like, oh. I can't. I've, I've got, I've got nothing. Yeah. You know? It's really hard, isn't it? Because I think people just don't, and it can, you know, someone at six months could be fine. Like yeah. it's completely different, but. If it's hit, if you're having a bad moment, mm. day, week, hour, you've got nothing in the tank. You've no. got nothing. Exactly. And then like people are wanting, it's like someone saying, can you be a human? You're like, oh, I don't know how my legs work. I don't have to stand. Exactly. Or make sounds out of words. Exactly. Like without just, oh, I'm just going to ball. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to like dribble in a corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like well, what I said to her at the time, I was like, you being upset with me is is as unreasonable as being upset with someone who's limping with a broken leg. Yeah, yeah, it's like I you can't know. I can't fix it. Yeah. Like I can't you can't fix it. You're you're broken inside mm. and and especially when you've that first big grief, you know, like it it's your body's in so much shock yeah, and so just like physical shock. Physical pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it is really hard for people to understand. If you haven't been through it, I I can completely understand because mm. I'm sure you know I'm sure before my dad died, I wouldn't. I would have been like, "Oh, oh, that's sad." Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> do you know what? At, at the time, I was devastated. I was so upset, yeah. and I was so. I thought, "God, I've lost my best friend and my dad mm. in the same year." Um, but looking back on it now, I think she made some poor decisions. I think she handled it badly, but I get it. Yeah, I yeah. understand. Oh yeah, of course, you know, of course, I do understand. Yeah, and that's the thing of like, I never feel any like hate for people not in the club because I always just feel like. It, it's just two paths that are very very separate and yeah. it's like I don't understand why you're upset with me for being useless mm. and I've had that with like friends I can see they think I'm a bit crap sometimes it's like <laughs> I am crap but it's because I like especially with mental health stuff, it's like I'm mm. crap but I just I can't mm. I find it really hard to come out and see you I find mm. it really hard to go to that thing and mm. Mm. and I know that's I know it's so frustrating yeah. <laughs> no, you just want to shake someone yeah 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 but it, it doesn't sort of make it go away no. and, and when you are in deep grief it's it's like you said the world feels like a thousand miles away oh yeah like, and yeah. anything joyous as well like yeah. weddings and babies and graduations and celebrations you're like it just feels like a bit of an insult yeah because you're alive and they're not exactly <laughs> like oh god well i went through this stage with obviously again it's this weird thing with him being famous but for a long time i would see people who'd worked with him wow on the covers of magazines or yeah. newspapers or posters or whatever and i'd be mad yeah I'd, especially the ones like his sort of peer group oh god i'd yeah. be fuming i was like what the fuck are you still here <laughs> Seriously, but then I'd get really. Then I, I found my, I sort of realised I was getting really unreasonable when I was just getting angry with anyone who'd worked with him. <laughs> yeah. So like I'd see like the cover of a magazine. I'm like, fuck you, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, she's in her forties. It's reasonable yeah, yeah. that she's still alive. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah. Then she didn't take his place. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, you're just angry. You're just yeah. angry that it happened. So angry. And I think especially, it's just it's interesting because you know like. I, I feel like that when my I have friends and they'll say, you're like, oh, my, my dad's 70 this week. And I think, oh, 
<laughs> 70. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He got there. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, it never yeah. stops being a bit of a punch to the gut. I think you just get better at going... Oh, congratulations! Yay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You think, sort of paint on a bit of a fake yeah, smile, don't you? But for the first few years, I definitely felt like, how comes no one else is going through this? And then what I've learned from doing the show is like, ever, so many people are, so yeah, many yeah, people yeah. are going through it. You just because it's not talked about, mm. it's like I guess what you're saying about mental health is you think, oh, it's just me, and then you're like, oh, actually, it's quite a lot of us. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, God, no, I can really relate to the anger thing. I mean, Dad was 71 when he died, so it, it's not like he was y- young, young, young. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. he wasn't like he's, to die in your 70s is... But it's still it's still your dad. That's the thing, well, like, it doesn't take away the hurt and the anger. Well, I just I feel like I should have had another 10 years with him. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like I've been robbed for 10 years, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and he should, like, I've got a little boy who looks just like him, and he oh. should be there. He yeah. should see that. That you know. is hard. The ch- the grandchildren thing, I think, opens up a new door. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is the new pain I didn't even know was in this y- experience. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. Well, when, when Charlie was first born, like, he looked a spitting image of my dad. He even had little hairy shoulders. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. There he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Dad. Um, Do you yeah. find it a comfort now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yes and no. Like, yeah. I, I think... I think all of it is a is bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, it's it, very true. And it's never one or the other, is it? No, no. And like I do feel, I feel privileged. I feel like I've got a lot of privilege because of dad mm. and because of our relationship. Um, but then also I'm really pissed off. Yeah. yeah. I'm really, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really livid, yeah. you know. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I was talking to my doctor the other day, my psychiatrist, with regards to like mental health and grief and all these sorts of things. And I've recently decided to stop drinking um, because it would always, it, it was never helpful. Yeah. And I don't think really, I don't think I should have been a drinker. I mean, um, not that I'm a, am I a problem drinker? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I think I, if, if left kind of left to myself, yeah, I think mm. so. And dad, again, was he a problem drinker? Mm, probably yeah maybe a bit yeah like it's not always a little somewhat out of control on the scale yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. it's definitely on the yeah. spectrum yeah but my psychiatrist was saying look you have bipolar mm. okay and what will be all right for like someone else could drink the same as you yeah yeah and they'll be fine okay and you're not and you and you kind of have just got to accept it yeah this is where yeah, you are yeah and i think that I think so much of the time we're fighting grief or yeah. mental health or whatever. We're desperately trying, going down to fashion week with a bloody broken arm. <laughs> like you kind of constantly. I'm fine. Yeah, Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> but yeah. it's not. Um, and I think that if there is a bit of a more robust conversation around grief, around mental health, and we kind of make it so in the same way that, it, you know, if you have a physical injury or whatever, mm. you're in a wheelchair for the time being, hun. Yeah, yeah. You just are. And, like, you have to do your best with that. And I think, be like, there have been times with with, with my mental health. There, there are sort of quite often crossovers with my mental health and with grief. And there are times where, as much as I try and fight against it, mm. I just have to accept that that's 
that's just, what's happening. That's yeah. just where I am. Yeah. I definitely have had that of like to to ex- to stop fighting. Mm. To stop fighting. But I think so much of that fight comes from a want to survive, a want to be normal and mm. healthy, which is really a useful survival you know that's mm. why we we have mm. we're still standing because mm. we like you know look when we cross the road and like mm. don't smack our heads against brick walls for no reason mm. but then when something is wrong internally it's it's very hard to go well i'm just gonna fight i'm gonna just act like i'm fine mm. and be strong mm. and i've had that with grief of trying to go it's just in you at the moment yeah and it's just where just it is is there yeah and that's really hard yes no absolutely and i think on the on the on the fight, I think that I quite often, I I exercise a lot um, and I do like quite hardcore sort of hit mm. cardio and stuff at home. And one of my friends was like, Rosie, you know, your, your exercise is so aggressive. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because it's a fight. Yeah, Like yeah. it's a real fight. It's a real fight to sort of deal with my bipolar, deal with my grief. Like I, you know, deal with the fact that there's this, vast hole in my life mm. where dad should be um but it with grief and mental health they they kind of they're so sort of intertwined because yeah, obviously one's grief does affect one's mental health but like i have i often have to have like a bit of a uh, a gauge as to where my mood is mm. so if i'm feeling depressed some I, I need to look at that. Yeah. And it might be that I need to change my meds around. If I'm grieving my dad, that doesn't need medicating. Yeah, that just needs you just gotta go through it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've just got to sit with that mm. and just be like and it's so it's this constant sort of balancing act of like, well, where is where does bipolar begin and where do I end? Yeah. And what's grief and what's depression? Yeah. And what, what's mania and yeah. what's just feeling better. Yeah, that's really hard. Mm. It's really hard. Mm. Because the grief is, and I've said this before, like the part of your brain that lights up when you're grieving is the same part that lights up when you're depressed. Yeah. Like, so just chemically, this is why when you're, and obviously grief is not a mental illness, but it, it, it's why you feel isolated and alone mm. and depressed and sad and yeah. all of those things that yeah, you feel yeah, when yeah. you're down. Yeah. And it is really hard to just go, yeah, and I guess if, I mean, who is this person? But I guess if you're like a person A who is completely normal and has no mental health, you can just be like, oh, I felt fine before mm. and now I am grieving mm. and now I'm not grieving. But mm. yeah, I don't mm. think many people exist. I think we all have such no, think, messy internal lives. And I think everyone's on a spectrum. Yeah. Of mental, and I also I think that, poor, and this is why I talk about it so frequently, like poor mental health is something that, can and will affect everyone like you don't have yeah. to have bipolar or no no borderline personality disorder or whatever to experience you know if you're really stressed at work then yeah, you're going to yeah. go through mental health yeah, stuff you yeah. know if you're really um if you're dealing with grief yeah you know that the grief can tip over into like so for example you know you could be um drinking your way through it mm. understandable i did to a certain extent and that tips over into something else. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that to be aware of these things. God, there have been times when I've felt like demented with grief. Mm. I felt like it sort of drives you, you are like maddened by it. Yeah. Well, I think the phrase grief stricken, mm. you start to really understand why that is a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. someone is literally struck with grief. They yeah. can't think or do anything else. And it, it you do feel mad. You do feel so like angry and crazy and all of those things and and yeah it's such a but I think it sounds 
I think it's a credit to you that you are so aware of your mental health mm. and, and have been able to process this while holding the hands of your own mental health like yeah. and balance those things because yeah. it's, it's not an easy journey anyway without no. No, a no, mental no. health thing to be dealing with as well. No, no, no. No, it's not. No, it's hard and it's, you know, there have... God, there, yeah, no, there have been times when it's been really, really, really tough. Yeah. You know, um, and I mean, I spent a little time in a psychiatric unit a few mm. years ago and I think that I think what had triggered that depressive episode mm. had been just this massive amount of grief. Yeah. This absolutely massive amount of grief. I guess, I mean, I haven't spoken about that publicly um, at all, but I think I've sort of decided that I will because I want people to know that, you know, yes, if you, if you have, if you're hospitalised with your mental health, it's really serious mm. and it's a really big deal. Um, but it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. It will be okay. I guess that's it. It's still the language of not talking and it's like, <gasps> or like yeah. whispered of like, oh, I think she's gone into hospital. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, still yeah, very, yeah. people are still so panicked about it. So panicked. I, I was panicked about yeah, it. On the course, way down there, course. I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I can't believe oh, it's come to this. Yeah. You know, my but God. I, I do. I completely understand because I know what grief has done to me mm. and you know, I don't have bipolar. I have mm. mental health issues like <laughs> like we all do. But I, and I think it's so hard, isn't it? Because you, you want to talk about grief so much and you don't want people to be afraid of it. But you each want to go like, this is a, it's a really big thing and, and it can hugely affect your life in, mm. in massive, massive ways. And and that's okay because yeah. you, you really, really loved that person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and like you said, when you talk about that hole in your life, I completely... I completely understand that and that, that's not something you get over that's not something that will go away like he obviously loved you so much and mm. you loved him so much it sounds like such a really lovely relationship mm. that's going to take time for you to build a life around that hole yeah 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 and, and, you, and I and I think it was kind of he was such a sort of linchpin yeah dad had this energy that was like, he was really funny and he was really avuncular mm. and quite loquacious and jolly and all this. Um, but he also had like a bit of, don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to get on great. But if you fuck with me, they're going to be they're gonna be problems. Yeah, and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't, I don't give a I'll shit. I'll be giving you problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not, not in an aggressive way. No, no. Not in an angry way. But I think he just had this... He had a lot of high status about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. He did. Because he didn't care. Yeah. He was like, I don't care who you are. Yeah. Well, Rosa, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. To talk to us about Bob, who we all know <laughs> and love, anyway. But it was really nice to hear hear him as a dad. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Rosa's book is available to buy now. It's called "It's All Going Wonderfully Well: Growing Up with Bob Hoskins," and is available to buy from all good bookshops. You can head to Rosa's website, rosahoskins.com, where you can read her blog, uh, a brilliant, lovely blog about fashion and mental health and all sorts of things. You can follow us on Twitter and the Instagram as well at the Griefcast, or you can email the Griefcast at gmail.com. Music was provided by the Glue Ensemble, and the show was edited by Kate Holland with thanks to Whistledown Studios. And remember, you are not alone.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 